I was watching it and thinking this really is like a modern relationship drama. But what's different is that it always ends with you like legally sanctioning the murder of the person you're breaking up with. We just watched Elizabeth, the 1998 historical drama by Shakar Kapoor. All right, so tell me, what do you think? As you know, I'd never seen it before, uh, and I think that might be a part of the reason that you picked it. I loved it. Having seen a lot of biopics and a lot of historical period films, the main thing that turns me off of those movies is that they tend to try to cram everything into it, and this felt like... Just a story about her consolidating power from a position of weakness. And I appreciated that it was so tightly done in terms of how much time it spanned, the cast of characters. Uh, It wasn't ever confusing. The political conversations are not opaque. You know, you couldn't really ever, like, get, get confused about exactly what was going on. It just made me, I guess, solidify my opinion about religion. Because, man, like, everything in this movie is based around the the Catholic Church, really. Yeah. Uh, And whether Elizabeth is going to continue to run uh, England as a Catholic country. I always forget how horrific the film is. Yeah. Scene of three people staked together, burning alive. And that was done so well with the um, the sound design and the fire. Like, you know, didn't you feel the impact of that? Yeah, absolutely. The fire swirling. Yeah. That camera shot from above. Amazing. Yeah, that was fantastic. There's a lot of other pretty violent scenes in there as well. I guess what you would come to expect from a movie about uh, a royal family and and people in power during those times, the Middle Ages, is that there is kind of a carelessness for human life. Yeah. And this film portrayed that really well. I mean, look, when you stick the head of your capture on a post after you've killed them, Says everything you need to know, really. I remember when I first watched it uh, being so struck by that they just take her away from this beautiful sunny farm where she's having this small little paradise life and then they take her on this boat, you know, just to go through, like, those heads and then they put her in this room and it's just these men and the camera keeps moving and they're just screaming at her and what they're screaming is so scary and they're men who are, like, two or three times her age. That was such an interesting entrance into what eventually kind of settles into, like, a... um, Costume drama. Yeah, certainly. I think I think it's interesting because uh, seeing Kate Blanchett so so young, this is twenty five years ago almost now, was a bit uh, shocking. <laughs> she looked so young. She looked so pretty. She looked so innocent. And then by the end of the movie, it could be Kate Blanchett of today playing that role. She is so strong at showing the arc of this woman. She is a huge reason that this film works. Uh, I guess, better than most of them. But I think Jeffrey Rush next to her is right there with her. I know, it's all about the Aussies. Joseph Fiennes, I thought, overplayed a little sometimes, but who cared? He was so beautiful to look at. He had the right eyes and some. he had some great moments. I thought he was great as well. I thought a lot of the other characters were probably, um, you know, teetering on that one-dimensionality. Yeah. And I thought the other one that I really liked was uh, Richard Attenborough. I just love watching him for some reason. Yeah. One of the other things that I liked about this is that there were not too many of those moments that were stirring speeches. Bravado moments. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't too much of that. I mean, there was. it showed Elizabeth's doubt so much, her uncertainty. 
Uh, but there was really, it was only that speech that she gave to the bishops mm. when she was asking about the Church of England or, or wanting to consolidate into the Church of England where there was music that was played behind the speech. That was, that was really the only moment where that saccharine stuff that, that comes with melodramatic movies came into it. I was a little off-put by some of the slow-motion camera work. It yes. kind of came out of nowhere, and it was really needless. There was, there was not enough of it to make a point of it, but there was too much of it if you're not going to make a point of it. It firmly dates it in the 90s, and it's really the only thing that does it. So now we look at it, and it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that scene of Daniel Craig stalking down the corridor. Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. That, that got it back into that horror movie genre that you were talking about. There are a couple moments in the film where you start to relax because it does start to feel very talky and lovely. And then the movie jolts you out of it. And that's the best one for me when he walks down there. And just aesthetically, it's so awesome to see a man in that kind of like really impressive robe kind of walking down this massive cut through this massive castle. It just excites kind of, I think, a childish part of our imagination. Mm. Another time that the film does it is when she's suddenly almost executed. They're on the river. It's got a beautiful romantic flow. She's having a love scene with Joseph Fiennes and it really does just come out of nowhere and it kind of wakes you back up. I think the film's tremendous fun. Like, it's not hard work, this movie, at all. No, it's not. I love the way that that uh, attempted assassination scene was shot um, with the curtains. She's struggling to get out of the curtains and then there's this this close-up of her and another arrow just appears. And you don't you don't see where it comes from. You don't see any of that. It just appears, and you know it's it's really it's a personal moment because it's so close up. Again, the sound design you really can hear the um the weight of that arrow, the um the the power of it as it splinters the wood. It looked good on Blu-ray, I think. I don't think too much has dated that movie, and I I know it got a lot of buzz when it came out. I remember the Oscars that year. The hot favorite was Saving Private Ryan, and then there were these two period films, Shakespeare in Love and Elizabeth, that were getting a bit of buzz as well. And then Shakespeare in Love, I think, ended up winning Best Picture that year. That's crazy because I think this is a better film than Shakespeare in Love. Is Joseph Fine? He's in Shakespeare in Love as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Yeah, he plays Shakespeare. The big takeaway from this film is obviously that it launched the career of Kate Blanchett, like really kind of put her on the map. It was her first Oscar nomination, right? Yeah. A lot of these period dramas, especially when people play royal figures like kings or queens, they tend to play it with a kind of pompousness or, I don't know, a self-consciousness that kind of puts you at a distance from the character. But what's so good about this movie is what you said before about how she's just so human and so vulnerable. Like, one of the best moments in this movie is when you see her preparing for that speech on her bed. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. To the bishops. And the cuts, you know, it suddenly makes the film feel really modern and alive. Or when the the guy's putting the crown on her head and you, you do get the sense this isn't just some... You know, she's a very strong woman, but this isn't some woman who's just like, you know, far away and distant. It feels like they're putting a crown on a very, very frightened, overwhelmed young woman's head. That scene where she's practicing her speech before she goes before the bishops, that really does seem like some modern shots compared to the rest of the movie. And I'm sure it's got a lot to do with the costume because she's essentially just in a white night dress. It sticks out, doesn't it? It does stick out. But I thought the, the, obviously, I mean, with these films, you always look at stuff like costume design, and I thought that was just perfect. Everybody looked so good all the time. Lots of eye candy. It's just a pleasure to watch, even just pictorially. Yeah. 
what I've always loved about the movie is that she does start out as such a vulnerable human being, very fleshy, very natural, um, very sensual. And then by the end of the film, she literally is porcelain. Mm. She even does her face up in white. She's completely cold. She's like a sphinx. And you realize that this costume, she's actually done it on purpose to kind of put people ill at ease so that, you know, no one can kind of connect with her on an interpersonal level. She's kind of, the whole film is about her learning that she just needs to now build this wall uh, and keep it up for the remainder of her life, that she's not going to enjoy relationships, meaningful personal relationships. And it's got a line that I will use after I get a haircut now. Is it a question? Is it a rhetorical question? Um, I, no, it's not. Because <laughs> the film asked about a hundred of them, as you pointed out. It's the only one not in the movie. Every time I get a haircut from now on, I'm going to go, I am a virgin now. <laughs> Damien, no one's going to buy that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie was full of rhetorical questions. It was. They just, that's, oh man, just answer the fucking question already. Does a queen not sit under the same stars as a girl? Or does a man who sits next to her not uh, not feel feelings for a queen? Well, does she not go to the... Okay, enough, guys. Can we just say a thought? <laughs> I imagine you felt some connection to the Jeffrey Rush character. Why is that, Luke? Because he's um, the most reasoned man. He's the smartest man in the room. And I know you often feel that you are that. I thought you were going to make another joke. And also because he has a penchant for little femboys that get brutally murdered for some reason. <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought Jeffrey Rush was great and I loved his character. I mean, who couldn't? He was definitely somebody who seemed sinister at the start. And I should have read that better. I should have read that as he's going to be a good person for her. Because everybody else found him sinister or found reason to worry that he was back. And they had all had those same feelings about her ascending to the throne. Her relationship with him was one of the most interesting in the film. It might be the most interesting. She started out with Richard Attenborough and then got him to take over. Jeffrey Rush. So what do you think was different about their, like, their style? Attenborough, Sir William, was definitely part of the institution. Mm. And uh, Jeffrey Rush's character was not. He, he was um, somebody who was far more capable of independent thought. Uh, he wasn't beholden to other countries. I really liked Kathy Burke as Queen Mary. I really liked Fanny Ardent as Mary of Geese. And I really liked um, Vincent Castle. Vincent Carcel. They were good. They were all eccentric. They were all strange, but they were all really good actors and really well cast. Yeah. And I like seeing Emily Mortimer. There's something comforting about her face. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Don't you find? Yeah, I like her. She was in Match Point. She's been in a lot of stuff, Luke. That's the one I remember. <laughs> I like how it showed that the, the how strange people in court were, but it did it in uh, just with little details, like having having the queen kind of fuss over this little person and, and treat the little person like a toy, really, uh, that she was sort of codependent on. Mm. Or like the um, the guy that sort of campaigned against Elizabeth, how at one point it just showed him talking to the woman he was betting and she had like this um, see-through negligee on and then a chastity belt. And, you know, it just kind of reminded you of the times and how strange they were and um, how eccentric people in court were because they could be because there was no there, no one there to say no and just developed this sort of strange psychoses in people. What do we think about Vincent Cassell wearing a dress? I was thinking, you know, that today that scene probably doesn't read the same way as it did when the f- film came out. Yeah, I agree with you there. Because I, I think it's much less 
I don't know, I, I didn't bat an eyelid really. And I just thought, well, I, I feel, I feel like the film paused on it at such length that it almost wanted to show how crazy this was. But what was really so crazy about it? I guess it might be a little bit lost on us. Mm. But uh, certainly there was definitely a reaction to that from Queen Elizabeth. Her reaction wasn't really so bad, but I mean, I think that the film lingering on it tried to make it a moment and it probably was a moment in the 90s, but now that's lost its effect. The dance between Kate Blanchett and Josephine's was really good at the beginning. Yeah, and I love that they brought that same dance back. Yep. That was the dance she was doing at the very start on the hill. Yeah. So there is that recurring motif throughout the movie at three key points. So it's when she, I assume, first meets him. Um, it's when she ascends to the throne. Her, she, you know, her first day as queen when she's yet to be crowned, but you know she's she's going to be queen. And then essentially when she says that it's over with him. Yeah, the film has a very sentimental and a very noble approach to royalty in showing what she gives up who, and you know her sacrifices and the strength it takes. I think it would have been a very individual case until the end when she became something that was not, I guess, reflective of who she had been as a person. And I think the majority of people, when they rise to that kind of power, they probably continue to be themselves more than she was able to because she was such, a, such an empath, such a kind person, somebody who didn't want to let religion be a factor, essentially. Yeah. Somebody who didn't want people to die. She showed that when she was, um, uh, Jeffrey Rush's character was taking out the revenge on her behalf, that she didn't want this to happen, but it was necessary to bring England together. She sort of took a pacifist view at the beginning of the film. Mm, certainly. And then very reluctantly through the movie starts to understand the need to take a position and then the need to enforce the position kind of ruthlessly. I guess because she hadn't been raised in the institution, she'd sort of been squirreled away because she was... Yeah. Her life was in danger that maybe that gave her some sort of advantage. And she, cause I mean, she did, she did rule differently. She did. It looks like she, you see her develop her own style. And it's really interesting as well. Obviously the queen before her, that queen Mary was just a very neurotic, very sick woman who really couldn't rule and didn't. She wasn't really qualified. I agree with all of that. She seemed like, as you said, I think you hit the nail on the head, seemed like she was not raised in that institution. And therefore that was, that was to her advantage in how she dealt with people. It was to her disadvantage in how she factored in allegiances and threats. But I guess um, when you're raised in the institution, it's often more of the same. Yeah. And so it takes somebody from outside to give a different perspective. Do you think the film bears a similarity to The King? Yes, I do. I did think of The King while I was watching it. Well, because, I mean, you know, obviously the story is the same. It's about somebody's heart hardening and becoming alienated by necessity because that's what happens to him, right? Mm. But it also has, what's his face, Robert Pattinson giving a performance, a supporting performance that's sort of really outrageous and flamboyant like Vincent Castle does in this film. As uh, And Robert Pattinson plays a French person in The King, I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I saw The King, the very first thing I thought of was Vincent Castle in this film because he's so memorable in this film. And boorish. Oh, he's gross. He's like, a, he's like Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace with a libido. 
<laughs> yeah, but like a libido that seems to swing in every direction. He was fun. He, oh, I couldn't wait for his character to be gone, though. He just was not the kind of person I invite into my life. Oh, no. And, like, you could see how pleased Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Fiennes was when he finally saw, like, they saw who he was on the pier. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't have, he's not a threat. I don't have to worry. You can go have fun with him. Where does this um, rate for you in terms of a Kate Blanchett performance? Um, I think it's still, for me, uh, a step behind my two favourite, which would be Little Fish and Blue Jasmine. But it's a really strong performance. And especially knowing that she was so young, it feels even stronger for that reason. Um, I think she plays it fantastically. I think she gets exactly the right balance of kindness and hardness. Kate Blanchett was pretty young here and she's fully formed. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know? big time. Yeah. It's, it's like you could just really slot her into anything. She's a chameleon in the way that you think of Meryl Streep. She's remarkable. And when the writing of this movie does get a little pat, all of those things you, you are overlooked because she sort of holds you in the movie. Yeah. I actually, I found it really interesting that the movie decided, even though it is uh, a period film about essentially uh, violence and uprisings and overthrowings and all of that, it didn't show any of it. No. It didn't show them. It didn't show the British soldiers being murdered uh, by the French. It, it it didn't show any of that stuff. It just it stayed with Elizabeth. Yeah. And therefore, it was about kind of her her decisions and the consequences of those decisions made all the more powerful that it didn't become a war film. I think it showed them murdered occasionally in little scenes where it would you know, but it would always be connected to something like when Mary gives the little boy the note and says, make sure that he survives. So, you know, it wasn't, it didn't ever show it just to show it. That's what I mean. They went there and it was the blood flowing through the water and then it was a whole heap of bodies that were already dead. It reminds me of, you know, a time in movies when every scene was part of telling the plot or the story Mm. and not just put in there to show really cool, graphic, violent shit happening. Yeah, you feel like they'd probably take it back these days and they'd say, we need you to add about 30 minutes of war scenes. <laughs> yeah, how come there's no, like, exploding wagons? Or... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't It doesn't do that. And it's stronger for it. Oh, I'm really glad you liked it. I'm glad I didn't pick a total dud the first time out of the game. No, you picked a really good movie and I've finally seen Elizabeth, so now you can't, like, bring it up and say, you haven't seen Elizabeth, but you would really like it. I know, but now I can say, you haven't seen Elizabeth to the golden age. But now I really want to. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, great. <laughs> that has her speech. I have the fire of the heart within me. I remember you always used to just do, you only know it from the trailer. I only know it from... I haven't seen the movie. How else would I know it? (laughs) But you love it. There's something about Scotland, I remember. Alrighty. Well, um, thanks. I'll um, talk to you soon. Thank you for picking that movie and we'll just watch something else next week. So I have to wait a week now to find out what that's going to be. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Okay, hopefully life's interesting enough that I don't just sit there stewing about it. I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. All right. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.